Welcome, welcome, welcome to another wonderful episode of Owning Her Health. Episode 19 is coming at you with the lovely goddess Laura Kupperman out of Boulder, Colorado. Who is Laura? Laura is an entrepreneur, lady boss leader. She leads a tribe getting health and wellness professionals to up-level their game, get them organized if they need organization, get them a little less straight and narrow if they need that. And we had a wonderful conversation on several points in mixing that energy to be of our advantage. How is this different than my normal goddess talks? Well, first of all, it's two kind kind of business leaders uh, speaking on something that we both know in terms of mentoring others. And it got us into our own conversations of sort of where did that that mindset come? Because it's true, not everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. But if you really think about a woman's health, she needs to really have a moment for herself, a time for herself that she claims and owns. And to do whatever she wants, to bring out what we were talking about, several attributes, key feminine leadership attributes that unfortunately men seem to use better than we do. And we really need to reclaim that, whether it be in getting in a, a set, steady commitment from everyone to organize their life around our one hour going out to exercise, or it's literally become, becoming a CEO. We also talk about her path from young guru gal to maiden and how a major loss helped to define her ability to make some really big choices in her life as a maiden and as she's mothering her own career and her own work, how she saw herself not aligning several times and was able to really create a nice juicy harmony now between her own yoga uh, work with therapy in cancer recovery as well as fertility support and this business with with leadership and, and mentoring for future and, and and upcoming CEOs in health and wellness. So we had a really great discussion about that clean energy a little bit later in the conversation she introduced me to the concept of tall poppy syndrome which I think is really great not only for the image of poppies which are beautiful but what that means so make sure you listen in on that I thought that was a great little takeaway and I really love how she honors uh, the the bridge between mother and matriarch right now and her role to her clients and also to herself in what she's doing. We have great discussion on how important personal development is, which has been a recent discussion I know on my Facebook live streams at Dr. Lisa Holland PT, where you can actually uh, go to when you when you want to get the show notes for this, where her website will be on, her Facebook mastermind will be on, as well as the sponsor for today, which is Audible, Audible Trial dot com slash owning her health is your link to 30 day free trial from my sponsor along with a free book. So that's the way you can take these episodes, get inspired in some way, maybe even some of my guests who have written books, you can go on and see if they have the audio and then you can pop that in the car, put your earphones on while you're waiting on the line for some kid to be 
playing their taekwondo, karate, dance, whatever sports team thing on the side. You can take that with you for lunchtime enjoyment to better yourself. Personal development was a big discussion with me and Laura today and how that's helped us both get to a place in our life as we're moving into that third age, that wonderful third age, to really feel settled in there and not feel like we're losing anything and really excited for the next stage. So I welcome you all. I am so grateful for my audience and I would love for you to subscribe on iTunes to Owning Her Health so that you get the automatics and you don't have to even go on social media and worry about it. So, and then also getting onto those show notes and grabbing those nice goodies that you get and connections. So I will see you when I see you on the show. Welcome to this episode of Owning Her Health with your host, Dr. Lisa Holland, PT. Join Lisa as she starts the conversation on what it really takes to become a healthy, wealthy, and whole CEO of your life. Listen in to Real Talk by Real Lady Leaders in all walks of life as they open up on personal health stories, wealth, career, and feminine abundant living. Learn how to grow by owning your body, expanding your mind, and aligning your soul with the purpose only you can pursue in this world. Happiness begins with owning her health right now. All right. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Owning Her Health. This is Dr. Lisa Holland, as you heard in the intro, and I am so excited today to be interviewing and having a fellow lady boss leader, um, Laura Cooperman, who is out in Boulder, Colorado. She is a career and business coach. She works with health and wellness professionals, and she's also a yoga therapist, and um, she went that way by way of um, doing some, some work. It, actually, she's told me in art, going from art studies all the way now to working uh, pretty globally, I think. Right, Laura? You're working yes. um, yeah. and, and helping health and wellness professionals really kind of get their A-game out there. So welcome so much, Laura. Thank you so much for being here and owning our health. How are you today? And why don't you introduce yourself a little bit and um, what you're doing nowadays? Sure. Thank you so much for having me here, Lisa. I'm really excited to be talking to you. Yeah, to you and, and your tribe. And there's so much I'm excited to talk to you about. You know, very brief, briefly, I'm sure we'll unfold as we talk. Um, but I've had sort of an interesting career path getting to where I am right now. I'm a big believer in following your heart, following your passion. That looks different for all of us. For some of us, it's a really straight line. And for some of us, it's a bunch of zigzags. And I think you kind of need to honor really whatever your path is. So, and it all intersects um, at some point, we hope. So where I am now, you know, my two main hats I've, I've worn for the last, you know, 18 to 20 years has been um, coaching. So career and business coach, as you mentioned, and also as a yoga professional, yoga teacher, yoga therapist, I specialize in yoga for cancer survivors and yoga for fertility enhancement. And oh, wow. it's kind of ebbed and flowed. So sometimes, you know, the yoga is taking the front seat and I've given way more of my energy to that. Um, teaching, leading trainings and workshops and a bunch of things. And right now I'm definitely in a phase where the yoga's um, still beloved, but it's a little more on the side. And my coaching is really what I'm focusing on right now. So supporting, you know, other yoga teachers, um, fitness professionals, nutritionists in growing their business. And That's a lot great. of it is online. Yeah. That's awesome. And yes, and you do have a virtual, you have a Facebook page, I think with the um, 
professionals that they can connect with you and some webinars and things and we'll make sure that we get all that stuff that yumminess in in the show notes at the end you had mentioned uh, that windy road i call that the kirby hustle i think a lot of um us are brought up or i feel like i was i was I was 1972 born, sort of in my prime in those 80s, and um, it really was a really linear, um, very masculine sort of um, projection, you know, do this, do this, do this, and to be perfectly honest, I didn't quite know where, you know, the, the, the curvier stuff, the stuff of like mommyhood or <laughs> diversions and, and, and just even just deciding, I think women kind of, you know, every 30 days we have this cycle and we you know sometimes we change our mind yeah we are a little bit more emotional but sometimes you know that's that that is our advantage emotional intelligence really realizing things are done the cycle is finished so um how did you handle that like younger coming up um maybe being aware were you aware of that are you more aware of that now or yeah so <laughs> you know i was very much your um little bit younger than I am, but raised in that same era and definitely raised, I was raised in an environment um, where achievement and education was really, really prized. And I was on a trajectory um, that just, I figured, I found out at, at a certain point wasn't a good fit. I was getting a PhD at Stanford. And so the smart thing to do would have been to finish that degree. Um, but I wasn't happy and I knew it was, I was studying art history. I knew I didn't want to become an art historian, which I thought I had become. And there are some people who encourage me, oh, you're getting so close. Why don't you just finish a dissertation that was making me miserable? And I had to really decide, do I want to spend another two years of my life doing something that's not going to make me happy? I'm now a huge believer in, you know, like life is too short to finish a book you don't like. There's some people like once they start it, they're going right. to finish it. It's got to be done. Right, right. And I had the awareness from a pretty young age that, you know, life is short. My mom died when I was 10. She was only 38. Wow. And I just had this lens, like if you want to make a difference, if you want to participate in your life in the way you're meant to, um, you have to take risks and you also have to make hard decisions. So that was one of the hardest things I've done was to just be on that path that was pointing towards, you know, working in a museum or teaching at a university and then getting off. And then um, I had some other, you know, more corporate jobs working for education companies and very masculine work environment. I literally felt like I was getting ulcers. Like I, you know, wanted to be a top performer and I was ascending the career ladder quickly. Um, and it was kind of making me nuts and sick, um, you know, on all levels, you know, it, it was not feeling good. And now I realize when I look back at, you know, how corporate, how, how our systems are organized in our culture, it's still heavily uh, male paradigm if you're working in the world of business and the way to succeed is to be part of that paradigm. Right. But if we wanna be true to our feminine nature, um, there needs to be space for creativity and we need to be able to be like captains of our own destiny. And for me, that meant um, eventually working for myself. Yeah, okay. so. 
I don't even remember what the question was, but it's a little bit about like my zigzag path. Yeah. Well, yeah, like using some kind of your inner wisdom, did you like, you know, harness that? And you said, yeah, you kind of yeah. have a sense of self, which is really amazing. And I, and I really credit and celebrate you, especially losing your mom so young. Um, you know, that's always our kind of first mirror. And of course, you know, there's all that kind of um, growth in adolescence of sort of, you know, fighting that mirror. I go through that now with my soon to be 18 year old daughter. Um, so you had a different perspective because you sort of were didn't have that going through adolescence, but you did have a sense of this isn't right, which I think is so intuitive. And I really credit you for like honoring that. Um, sometimes I almost think, you know, that conflict, there's so much resolution within ourselves, you know, so much growing up within myself, I had to do that I needed that, you know, the half of the conflict with my daughter was me, is me, <laughs> you know? me needing to grow in this and that. So I really celebrate, you know, your maturity through that, um, doing that. And then, you know, is that where the yoga came in or did the yoga come in? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so that is, that's, I'm trying to think of, I think I, my first, I know I went to one yoga class in high school that was kind of a throwaway. It was sort of weird and out there. And I went with my best friend at the time, Holly, and I think we were <laughs> giggling the whole time. It was probably at a rec center. Um, but it was right very uh, fortuitously or probably not coincidentally, it was right around this time where I left my graduate program and went to work in sort of, you know, for a startup corporate company that I also started practicing yoga. So this was in the mid nineties and loved yoga. You know, the, I mean, how can we not love yoga? But I, you know, I felt immediately like so alive, so present. And it's about four years after I started my first yoga class that I did my coach training to become a coach. And I was coaching people on career issues. And I remember at a certain point, almost feeling like a fraud because I am encouraging people to follow their dreams and goals. And I realized that my dream and my goal and my heart was to become a yoga teacher. So I, I was being a coach, but I was also doing some corporate consulting. I'm like, that corporate consulting isn't me anymore. I want to teach yoga. And I think um, yoga helped me get real with myself. Coaching helped me get real with myself. And so a few years after I started, started my coaching practice, I did my first yoga training. That was in 2003. And then that's been part of what I've done ever since. Wonderful. And, and you bring up a good point about um, my guru, Sri Dharma Mitra is, oh, it says that, uh, like, he's like, yoga called him. And I felt that way, too. It's like, you know, when we kind of talk to people, how did you end up down this path? And not necessarily the people that use it for stretching still or, you know, a good butt or something like that. But people <laughs> who sort of like it chance transformed their lives. They're on a completely different path. It, it assisted them through a, a personal transformation. You'll often hear that. It's like it called you some fluke thing. My first time was also in like some middle of some gym and then like I think it was 95 or something it was a Kundalini class. I didn't know it was a Kundalini class then because I had no <laughs> idea different yogas, but it brought up so much Raja, so much fire. Like I left there so pissed off and I literally didn't go to another yoga class. I didn't know why I didn't like yoga, but I didn't like it for like years. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's this thing where, and then I ended up back, but I knew about it. I knew about it from that experience. And it just kind of called me back when I was 
more needing it. When I was pregnant with my daughter, I had hurt my back. And I was like, well, what do I do now? Because as a physical therapist, everything I had learned at that time, I couldn't do with this belly here. And uh, it just naturally called me. So it's funny how yoga does that. Um, you know, you calls you at the time that you need it. And I think it's such a blessed path to to have because you can use it. And I, I like you, you probably see a lot of that you know, that life coaching aspect, how they can, how your clients could utilize that, their inner wisdom, their inner guru tribe. I know I talk about the inner tribe of ourselves, sort of that child, that um, maiden kind of fieriness we sort of have. And then we transform into that mothering role, whether we're birthing a career or birthing kids or birthing both, birthing relationships, getting connections in the world. And then that matriarch phase where I feel like that's, you know, I guess in Europe, they call it the third age or that menopause or perimenopause. You get to a point where you're like, I'm the wise one now a little bit. Like you feel almost like you want to share. And I mm -hmm. think our practice sort of shows us that and uh, relinquishing the fruits of our labor per se and sort of making mm -hmm. it about uh, the others. So um, tell me a little bit about how you're doing that with your coaching. I know you have like those webinars and things like that. How are you bringing in that like matriarch role, that voice now you think, mm. let's say, cause I'm sure you're working with so many 20 and 30 year olds or, you know, people sort of just starting down the yogic path or health coaching or something like that. Yes. Yes. You know, it's, it is an honor, I think, to, um, to be a part of someone else's journey and to witness their growth. And it's very interesting, you probably know as a coach, because you have to always honor where your client is. It's their agenda, not yours. And it's also our role to lovingly nudge someone forward and to hold the space and the possibility of something greater than they maybe could have even imagined for themselves. And I'm really fortunate. Um, perhaps the same as you, and that most of my clients, you know, they're already fairly self-aware. They're yogis or personal trainers or psychologists, so they're already pretty self-aware. And the longer, you know, I've been doing this for a long time, and the, the more I'm doing it, the more I am really struck by um, the systemic impact of just living in a male-dominated culture. And it's crazy because I went undergrad to a women's college. Like, I know I'm all about like, you know, power to us women and aware of like the male patriarchy. But I was so sucked, I don't want to say sucked into it. It was so automatic in the way that I behaved and the, the, um, the patterns that I set up that just weren't unhealthy, that were unhealthy. And I didn't, it's only, you know, through some really intentional work that I'm now seeing for myself, you know, doing that work myself, but also with my clients, how crucial it is to be able to express their creativity, how crucial it is to put yourself out there, take risks, which is exactly what the guys are doing. They just don't show their fear because they've been taught not to show their fear since they were little boys, right? Um, how important it is to enjoy what we're doing? And these sound obvious, but I, you know, I will say to my clients, like, if you're not, this isn't making you feel good. If you're not feeling like you're making a difference, if you're not making money, like, why are you doing this? Whatever this is, it could just be, it could be the whole career trajectory, but it also could be some element of um, their business that isn't bringing them pleasure that's turned into a should. So 
for women especially, um, I'm so, so I'm sort of embracing the generalizations where I used to resist generalizations. Right. You know, now I'm embracing like for women especially having a lot of space, having pleasure, having joy in creativity, um, the energy of receiving and being in the flow of your career. Those are at least as important as like, you know, sitting down and doing your social media posts or having a really solid marketing plan or networking, whatever it might be. Definitely. Um, yeah. Cause, um, like how you mentioned, I, I feel that too. It's almost like we've gone to the extreme where we don't recognize the natural attributes of being a female with certain, you know, the, um, you know, yeah, like that intuitiveness, that also that, you know, that, that, that give and take, or even really looking at community and connecting. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you know, you say, oh, women, they always talk. Well, they always talk and they listen and they're, and they're strategizing. Like that's mm -hmm. not necessarily a bad thing. Mm -hmm. I think that um, I'm seeing a lot now with the conversations about relationship incorporations and establishing, you know, authenticity and, and transparency. And I'm like, finally, they're talking the language of, of, of female corporate mm -hmm. approach. And so it's definitely, I just think there's such an opportunity now to really take hold um, our gift, especially I'd say, um, you know, women between, let's say, I, uh, mid fifties to down to like, late thirties to really grab hold now being in a place where there are some connections, some network, um, some, you know, what not to do's uh -huh. <laughs> and grabbing that changing language, which I hear you're doing in helping and coaching. And that's awesome. Um, is there anything Laura that looking back, you, you'd say now to your, let's say, um, let's say inner child, you know, that childhood or something. Is there anything mm. you see back there that, uh, maybe I will, will take it as the child. Is there anything at the adolescent that now that you know that you wish she could have heard and maybe you can tell her now? Oh my gosh. I don't even, <laughs> I don't even, start? yeah, I don't know. My, ad, my adolescence is probably a little bit crazy. So, um, there's a lot I could tell myself, but I, I think just continuing on the theme of what we just said about the masculine and the feminine is that, um, as you navigate your way through the world, especially in business, but in whatever venture you're doing, there has to be this blend of energies. And the way I usually see it expressed is, is skewed completely to one side or the other. And specifically what I see is people who are intense list makers, want to be super organized, have control of everything, do it perfectly. I probably fall more into that camp most of the time, but it's a lot of very masculine energy. And we don't leave space for divine intervention. We don't let things evolve organically. We're like, we want to control every aspect of this project to make sure it's perfect. But it's, it's like we squeeze the life out of it. Um, I also see the opposite, which is so much spaciousness, but like no intention, no direction, no plan or strategy. And you can sort of do a lot, but it doesn't always um, add up to anything bigger. It's like, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. so the um, action is sort of scattered. The oh, action can be, yes. Structure. Yes, exactly. 
Exactly. And you do allow things to develop organically, but there's a very slow sideways winding pace. And so it doesn't always turn into anything bigger. And so my message, I think for, for anyone who wants to listen, um, is that we really need to find our best expression of both of those energies. You know, how can you set an intention for yourself and give it structure in whatever you need to do, but not let the grip of fear um, or perfectionism squeeze the joy, the pleasure, and the possibility out of it. So we need, you know, goddess needs to come in and that goddess energy needs to come in from outside as well as from our internal energy. But we need to be um, able to receive, you know, that part of our dharma that we're not totally in control of. Yeah, right? We're the receptor. Yes. When you have yes. the plug, right? There's the female side and the male side. <laughs> and like, we're not necessarily, again, moving in that general, it's okay to be generalized in certain ways that we are connected, because then that's our sisterhood. Like, it's okay to have a sisterhood. Like, we don't all have to be our own. We are all unique, but it's okay to have a team. And I think that, you know, that's some of it, you know, how are we working together as a team? Because that whole Mean Girls thing and, you know, growing up, there's a, almost a break in our own trust of ourselves because we didn't honor our nature. And then there's, a, obviously, if we don't even trust ourselves at our base, how can we trust our partners? How can we trust other women in our circles? You know, I think a lot of that um, growing up and that conflict with your sister or your mother or your, or, you know, another woman in corporate America or whatever you're doing or the mommy next door is some of us trying, you know, is trying to work that out that like XX double goddess, you know, we're two X's and like that resolving that light and dark in us. And you mentioned how we, you know, need to get that blend. Um, but we have to sit and listen. We have to stop and see it and, and, and observe it and therefore understand, you know, there was a role. It was nice, you know, when they, you know, in some cultures, they you got your period and you're, and you're ever, you just stop and you use yes. the intuition and you're using that week to collect and, and, and restore yourself. I mean, we all need a resiliency like now we need like a resiliency year <laughs> because we haven't accumulated. We don't even give ourselves a day or two. Right. And, you know, or we'll manipulate that. And, uh, and that is really making people sick. I know working with women's health, so much of that, uh, you know, uh, adrenal fatigue, thyroid dysfunction, meta metabolism, we're not broken. We're just really unable to work the way we'd like in our mind. So I know that's, that's really difficult. And it's funny you say, well, maybe you know about people who are more open. I actually work with a lot of health providers trying to bring in a more integrative model or even go out on their own, do their own cash-based kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And they're not. They're in, especially with physical therapists, um, they're, they really thought they were going to have the secure nine to five. This is how it was going to look. And then they realized that's not how they want to work in the system. That's a little bit broken in the Western model. Mm -hmm. And then they have more to offer and they want better schedule. They want to not be so mm -hmm. exhausted with their kids when they get home or grumpy with their partners. They know, especially in women's health, you know what you're doing to yourself when you're raising your corners. Right. Right. Day. Um, I, I, I don't find it. I'm actually trying to get them to 
there's a real strong masculine vibe for people who are trained in medicine and therapies and, you know, that whole, there's corporate and then there's healthcare and they're very similar and kind of like, obviously you're, it's a patriarchal, um, not only a patriarchal, but also a um, hierarchy model. So there's always this less than, which already with a women are the less than. Right. <laughs> so, right. And you that. Pardon me? How do you work with that? Do you see that as well? Like in, I know you. I yeah, know. and it's, you know, it's so interesting um, to see how it plays out on a micro level because in a macro level, you know, it's, it's cultural. In order to fix it, we really need a cultural fix. Yeah. And I was at a lecture recently where someone who, it was about women and wealth and power and um, a woman in the audience spoke to being, I think she was a collegiate athlete and how sports for her growing up were such a healthy way for her to express her competitive nature. And I completely agree that we, as women, aren't as comfortable expressing ambition and drive and competitiveness in a way that just feels like it's really clean energy. It's not like, ooh, I can't talk to you or collaborate with you. You know, it's like we can still be on the same team and I'm gonna kick ass and give it my best effort and there's no hard feelings between us. So with my clientele, it's, I mean, some people are very at ease um, with that masculine feminine blend. Some people only want to collaborate. There's that not enough like third chakra energy. Like there's mm -hmm. a fear of, yeah. In Australia, I've heard it called tall poppy syndrome where it's, it's like, it's okay to be beautiful and grow, but you can't grow taller than all the other flowers. Ah, that's other, a, and so I definitely see that, especially I work with so many yogis coaching them. There's almost this, um, it's very subconscious, but very apparent, almost a fear of doing too well because you're separating yourself. And in yoga, we're about unity, um, not about, you know, I'm different. And yet we, we live in a material world. We live in human bodies. So it's, it's finding a balance. And for coaching, you know, for me, it's always about helping people explore their beliefs and deciding uh, if those are working for them, if their beliefs, which are driving their behaviors, um, are having the kind of outcome they desire. And a lot of times the outcome, sometimes the outcome isn't what they desire in terms of how it manifests, but a lot of times the outcome, they're getting a good result, but the cost is really high. As you mentioned, like they're exhausted. They're like, I can do all this if I strive, if I put it in high gear all the time and they're exhausted and depleted. You know, there's a lot of burnout with yoga teachers. Um, and so it's, you know, helping to, a lot of it's a leap of faith. You know, for me, I've had um, really been doing a lot of work, I'd say like the last eight months or so around my story or block, which is unless I work so hard all the time, um, I won't be successful or I don't deserve to make a lot of money unless I'm working really hard for it. It's like that Puritan work ethic that probably our generation grew up with. Um, and so a lot of it is a leap of faith. Like, can I do, let this be twice as easy and 
um, work half as many hours, maybe not half as many, you know, like work, dial down the amount I'm working and do just as well financially. And I'm finding, you know, I'm, my year is off to kind of the best start ever. And I've really switched the way I've worked and the kind of mental grip I have around everything. So it's a process to get there. (laughs) It is, it is. But when you tap into that flow, right, into that flow, it, it, it does. It's like when you're floating in a river, it's like, it takes you, I could Mm -hmm. try to swim as it or against it, but, and it is, it's about a trust. And, And I love that you are saying that that comes from personal development because I think that health providers, wellness providers, sometimes we get so caught up in the caregiving. I know I see that in a lot of my mompreneurs. Gosh, like it's everybody else but themselves. And yet this little voice is asking them to create this thing or this purpose. And even in that, they're very mission driven. It's really to change the world. It's not to go buy themselves a new car or something. It's, and, and, it, and it can exhaust us feeling almost like selfish to just say, hey, like, it's okay for me to get back, you know, get back as well. Again, going back to that receiving um, idea. Totally, totally, yeah. And I think mindset, the longer I've coached, the more I'm a believer that mindset is like 75%. So much. Um, Yeah, yep, yep, yep. And I just, just a, a small example, which for me was a huge win. I just launched um, recently this new mastermind coaching program. So working with women in small groups. And Mm -hmm. normally when I'm launching anything, I'm killing myself and everyone around me, right? Like making sure everything's perfect and timing, the launch week. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) it's just all, and it's, you know, I'm on top of it, but I will fill every minute of the day, making sure it's perfect. And this year, I said, I'm going on a spa vacation for the week. During the week, I'm launching. Oh, and I had, every, I had everything in order, as I always do. But I was trusting that instead of sitting and monitoring everything right. or the other people on my team, I could go out and enjoy myself, you know, and hike and do yoga and get massages. And not only, like, the launch was more successful than I could have hoped for. And so I'm putting that out there. And I'm the kind of person who five years ago, if I heard someone else giving that example, I would think they were just kind of, it's not not me, (laughs) you're blowing smoke up my butt. Like that's not me. And I just want to, um, you know, speak directly to the people who are listening or watching that it is you and it can be you. And you have to set that intention. Like, this is how I want to change the way I live or the way I work or the way I relate to people and do that internal work. Um, And then, you know, just jump, just trust that you'll have the wings. And if you've done the work, you can jump off the cliff and you'll, yeah, you'll find a soft landing. And you'll have some, and then you will trust to give yourself, again, you gave yourself resiliency because Mm -hmm. it's logical. It's just Mm -hmm. really logical. If you're more resilient than if something does, you know, if poop does hit the fan, you'll be better off at being able to deal with it. It just makes common sense. Um, So where else, Laura, can we find you? Where are some key places that people that love what they're hearing can connect with you right now? Sure, sure. So you can find me at my website, lauracooperman.com. And my last name is spelled kind of funky, but I'm guessing that'll be in the show notes so people can find it. 
Yep. Um, and that's my social media handle everywhere. So you can find me on Instagram. I love Instagram at Laura Cooperman. Um, Facebook, you can certainly friend me, but I have a Facebook group called Healthy Business and Life Mastermind and a yoga therapy Facebook group. I also do free webinars. So you can find out about all of that on my website. And then I offer coaching, small groups as mastermind coaching, one-on-one coaching. Um, and then I'll put in a little plug for Sitar. I don't know when yes. this is going to air, but yes. because we're doing this together. So there's the big annual yoga therapy conference this year. It's in Newport Beach, California, who wouldn't want to go there. So that's, uh, June like 15th through 18th, I believe it is. And I am co-chairing a session, CIC session number six on careers. So how to build your career as a yoga therapist. And Lisa is one of our awesome presenters. So it's, yeah. It's going to be the best. The best <laughs> session be the best. ever. Exactly. <laughs> Seriously, ever. It's going to be a yeah. great conference. So definitely come on out last minute if you're hearing about it. If you're out in California, definitely come on down um, to, and check that out on IAYT.org. Uh, you can get that information as well. And Laura, thank you so much for your goddess wisdom. Is there one final thing maybe you're kind of going to send out there and an intention to the lady maybe 10 years down the road uh. that you hope that she listens in on and remembers that you yeah have more fun relax everything is better if your energy around it is relaxed and you're enjoying it that sounds like great advice so yeah. everybody's listening to that no matter where you are on the heroin journey thank you so much laura and this is another episode of owning her health thank you so much for being here take care thank you Thank you for listening into this episode of Owning Her Health with Dr. Lisa Holland, PT. To learn more about her personal and professional development service, visit her online at drlisahollandpt.com.